You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. And welcome to the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica. And I'm Carissa. And welcome to episode 100. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. That was going to be so loud in anyone's ears. <laughs> oh, I can't God. actually quite believe it. It's um, um, pretty yeah, mental. It's 100 episodes. I probably should have looked back. As far as when we started, you probably know. How many years has it been? I think we've been three years. I think we started 218 or 217. Wow. I know that we started podcasting before podcasting was a thing. Like it was a thing, but it wasn't what it is now where every second person is like, I've got a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) True, 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 true. And I know, yeah, I feel like it might have been 20, maybe 2018. Because what are we, 2022? I feel like three or four years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember when you first came to me with the concept of a podcast and you and I were just listening, like we were listening to podcasts, but yeah, like it wasn't. We loved them, but, like, you could talk to other people about podcasts and be like, what the fuck's a podcast? <laughs> yeah, that's it. These things called podcasts that you can listen to. And you're like, what? Yeah. That's weird. That's yeah. weird. Why would I do that? <laughs> Why would I do that? But, yeah, we, we were listening to them and then, you're, and then you came to me with the idea and I was, like, nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually like, hit up Mel and um, Mickey, like, about doing them. I have been for ages, but they keep mm-hmm. strategically forgetting to answer my emails. they're busy. So I was, like, I've hit them up now, made them book in dates. Mel wasn't as bad, but Mickey was just, like, no. <laughs> just, I'm, like, we're doing it next week. Have a think about what you want to do. I did see her pop something up on her stories, actually. <laughs> like, Jess has got yeah. I, I feel like all the girls have been like that over the years, haven't they? Yeah. Like, they're just the thought of getting on a podcast with, like, you alone or you and me, they're like, oh, and I'm like, you'll be fine. Yeah, I'm like, look, it's not alive. Like, we can delete anything that you want to. Yeah. Plus, I think Mickey's yeah. got this. I said to you, you've got the voice for radio. <laughs> yeah. If you ever listen, if you shut your eyes when Mickey's talking sometimes or if you, like, ever chat to her and she doesn't have her um, video on, on Skype or, or Zoom, I'm like, you've got a, one of those voices that's, like, really, really soothing. Does she? Yeah. I'm going to pay attention now. Like, um, this will be, in my mind, this is how I'm envisioning this going. I walk into her clinic room when we're working together. She starts talking. I just stand there and close my eyes. And she'll probably think I'm, she's boring me to death and I'm sleep standing. <laughs> so episode 100, what we wanted to do was talk about the story so far. So... What we mean by that is we want to talk about our practitioner highlights, our challenges, our lowlights, if we can call them that. Lowlights. We want to reflect on the years that have been and just share those with you. And I think this will be, it'll be an interesting discussion in general because we'll, as usual, be honest as. Um, Mm. But I think it's also (laughs) a good podcast for other practitioners, particularly those starting out or maybe who have been in the game for a little while um, because it's not something that I think is always discussed so honestly um, and I think yeah, that's something I give yeah. us credit for is being honest about 
everything. everything. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's, I know from even some of the online workshops I've done over the years for practitioners in particular, and there was one which will be offered again soon about um, how to run a successful business. There's a lot of honest talk in that that I think mm. is really valuable. So I think some of that will come up from a practitioner perspective today, which will be good. Um, and we haven't yeah. t- talked at all um, about really our sort of answers to some of the questions we've got down. No. And to be honest, I've like, I mean, I've made a few notes, but I haven't really even thought about it. So I'm just going to be, as usual, off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll be the same. Like I did think about it over the last like couple of days, like just knowing that this, this was going to be, because this is probably in terms of our pre-planning and knowing what our content, content topic is, this is probably the most notice we've had because we did decide this based off a um, – uh, a listener of our podcast, mm-hmm. um, she actually suggested this and said this would be a good one. So we kind of thought, yeah, let's just do that. What a great episode for our 100th episode mm-hmm. to actually talk about, talk about like us behind the scenes and all of that. So I think it'll be good for practitioners. I actually was thinking more when I was out walking yesterday, I think it'll be a good one just even some, maybe for our clients or future clients or just people who kind of know us just through podcasts and social media just to um, – hear what goes on behind the scenes sometimes Mm -hmm. like just because I think it's interesting working in holistic health and I think and I'm not saying it is different working in mainstream health or anything like that but like we throw our lives into into our practice like really and but I think you and I are very private people on social media in terms of our life outside of our knowledge base around nutrition and our life outside of practice. Um, but obviously because of the type of work that we do and the type of clients that we have and how personal those relationships become, there's actually so much emotional involvement for us. And I think that is probably something that maybe people don't know unless you actually are a client of ours or anyway, I just thought it'd be an interest. Like there's so much stuff behind the scenes for us that, you know, sometimes happens and personal stuff and work-based stuff and, and, you know, just so many things. And, yeah, sometimes you just, yeah, just sometimes whacking that smile on our face for the next client. There's so much that goes just to even being able to do that some days. Mm. And I think hopefully two people might see that we're definitely human. Yeah, 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 so true. God. So the first discussion point, question, whatever you would call this, is how our role as a practitioner has changed over the years, which I thought was an interesting one to start with because – I've been practicing for, I don't know, like about 15 years, I think, <laughs> maybe. I just it maybe. had the prehistoric chicken eye then. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's over, maybe over 15, somewhere, at, let's say around there. It's like when someone asks you how old you are and you forget. Um, yeah. For you, Rissy, how long has it been? I think I'm eight. Eight years. I think this is my eighth year. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Okay. <laughs> or maybe I think I feel like I've compl- I think I've done 7 and this is my Yeah, eighth. yeah. Okay. So yeah. um 7, yeah, I think. I was trying to think about this the other day and I always get confused, mm-hmm. but anyway, yeah, thereabouts. So, yeah, do you want to kick off like when you think about over the past 8 years and starting out as a practitioner, what for you has been some pretty big changes with that role as a practitioner? Like if you think about from sort of the starting point over the years mm. to particularly now. Oh, God, I feel like, yeah, I didn't even give this question much thought, but I feel like it's probably one of the hardest ones to answer. <laughs> Do you want me to go first? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I definitely, it, it has changed so much. I mean, if I just look at it purely from a 
knowledge-based perspective, um, I definitely can say at the start of coming into practice and the expectations that I had of what type of practitioner I wanted to be, um, what type of practitioner I am now, I feel like that's so far different. No, I wouldn't say so different to what I thought it would be, but I just never thought I would kind of, I guess, be in the position that I'm in now in the sense of like the knowledge base, but still be so hungry for knowledge, if that makes sense. Like, I think the interesting thing is, and it's a massive slap in the face, and I know anyone who's finished a a degree in any sort of health space, you think you're going to finish your degree, and you and I have obviously talked about this, but and you're just going to walk walk out of your degree and you've got all of this knowledge behind you about nutrition and health and you're going to start seeing clients and it's going to be amazing because you're going to be able to help them and <laughs> i think mm-hmm. the biggest slap in the face as a practitioner is you walk out into the world and you realize how ready for it you aren't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and how much you now need to know and learn and i think um i think that's a massive a massive thing and I love it. Like you and I, like we always talk about like the sickness in us in terms of like, we're such little like nerds and we can never know enough. And we're always like just into that whole space. But just even in terms of our role, like I think your role originally, you think you're just going to be helping people with their health and their space, but it's our role as a practitioner is just so beyond the basics and fundamentals of health. Like you're, you wear so many hats in that consultation room. Or I feel like, you know, we definitely know, you know, we do in our, in our clinic anyway, but it's just, yeah, it's just epic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like psychologist, friend, nutritional practitioner, space holder, sounding board. Um, (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think any degree can prepare you for what the, the practice space can really be um, if you really want to take it on in all its glory, ups and downs mm. is probably the best way to, I think I could sum that question up. Yeah, yeah, so true, so, so true. <laughs> and we see that with the new practitioners over the years that have come into the clinic. Um, you know, and it's always a reminder of what that felt like to see them starting out and have, have that beautiful foundation from their studies. But it's really is that classic, um, you know, saying of the wet behind the ears of just coming in and actually diving into the realism of working with people and how, mm. yeah, you, it, it's such, it's so shocking, like when you actually do start and you're not just working inside the model of um, a case study of how things look or should look on paper versus dealing with people. Um, I, I, I felt like with this question, to be honest with a lot of them, but particularly with this one, like I just needed to differentiate like uh, between practitioner versus business owner versus other things. Mm. And I really want to talk about it from a practitioner point of view and, I think one of the things, one of the big things for me is how the clients that we've seen have changed. So when we, I think about over the years when we first started, when I started um, by myself and then when JCN opened and you started with me, the clients that we saw, we still were so set in the gut space, but our complexity of clients, Mm. as as our knowledge has grown and our Um, confidence and our abilities have just grown over the years we've attracted more and more chronic complex cases and Mm. I think about the practitioners that we were 
back at the start, if we had those clients come in, we would just, just shit our pants. And I, yes. and I feel for our new <laughs> practitioners that we, you know, that now are having such an exponential increased learning space because of those clients that come to us. So, you know, they have us as their mentors and we didn't, you know, we didn't really, I know I was there for you, but I was also learning as I was growing. Um, and I think of like, yeah, the, the girls we've had over the years and how they've had that opportunity to learn from us, but essentially our cases and our clients and the people that come to us now from all over the world, you know, mm. like it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. And just our reach is pretty amazing from the people that we saw originally, which would have been mainly in, cl in clinic, people in Brisbane, it was rare we were seeing people from outside of the state. Mm. Um, you know, online wasn't anywhere near as popular and it just wasn't set up for that. But now we see people from all over the world, all, all over the country. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's been such a massive change. And I think the other thing which we were just <laughs> bitching about before we started <laughs> is social media <laughs> has, like, come in and been a massive change in this industry. And... Has it changed our role as a practitioner? No. Um, it's just really it? probably changed how we have to think about marketing um, and also how much we hate it <laughs> and, <laughs> and how much we want to um, not have to rely on it. But I, I do think that it's interesting how like social media and the online space um, or even just our push into the online space because it's just so needed now has changed. Not us as a practitioner and how we would f do our role, but how we have, have had to think laterally about how we offer our services. So, yeah, yeah that, that really... Oh, the only other thing I would throw in as practitioners for us with where we're at now, and I mentioned it just a second ago, was mentoring. Like you and I mentor so heavily now, just naturally in the JCN clinic with the other practitioners. We're there for each other, <laughs> but yeah. also we mentor outside of the JCN clinic. And that mentoring is something, of course, you know, when we both first started was definitely not mm. something we're doing. But now, now I think we mentor, we mentor, in sessions that are booked for mentoring, but we also we also mentor every day just by the conversations that we have mm, with the other yeah. practitioners in the clinic. So that that's something that's really grown and evolved. Yeah, I think that that just the space in terms of like like um, like how much you and I have learnt in the last like eight years is like I just, yeah, like I just look at, I don't know, you and I talk about this like more behind closed doors and stuff, but just for any of the practitioners that have come on board in the last couple of years with JCN and just the difference between what they now need to know as they hit the ground running versus what I did yeah. when I started with you sort of a thing. Like I remember like um, stool testing was something you and I started looking into together. Yeah. Like, and just how much stool testing has changed in eight years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, and our, our role working with people with their gut microbiomes. Yeah, it's just like the amount of training, even just like you yourself. Like, yes, we all do the mentoring with the, the other the practitioners as they've come on board and stuff. But remember you and I were saying like when you when I first started, like it was just so different. And we've 
gone down all the rabbit holes and done all the deep diving and learning like together and on our mm-hmm. own and then come back and had conversations about stuff. But for any any practitioner coming out now into the nutrition space, like out even outside of JCN, like to practice, I don't want to say practice at the level that we practice, like, but fundamentally that's what it is, but to get in and attract the kind of clients that we do, your role as a practitioner is, has to be so much more involved. Mm -hmm. Like you just, like, it's just, yeah, it's not like, oh, here's a basic diet plan. I'll see you in a couple of weeks and let's hope this works. Like, it's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. it's pretty hectic so yeah it's it's awesome like i i personally wouldn't have it any other way like i know you and i always talk about that like there's there are definitely like roles of practitioners or types of practitioners that they do just want that more simple style of practice um or that more um like symptomatic type of treatment and things like that like i know there's definitely so many different practitioners and that's i guess good in the space because there's so many different types of clients mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and obviously like we don't do well with people that say want a quick fix or just need a quick change like we obviously do well with them and stuff like that's easy for us but we definitely by nature because of what we do attract a totally different demographic Mm -hmm. of of clients so yeah so true yeah so our next question uh to both of us is what has been some of our greatest learnings um so, look, I would say this this one again was like, oh, my God, there's so many things. Um, but from a practitioner point of view, I think one of the first things that comes to mind for me is that when you first start practice and you're fresh um, and you're learning still, there's, there's, there's all of these things that you know to a point and you have this sort of black and white way of how things should look and 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 how they should fit <laughs> as far as someone who has say IBS or someone that comes in with like p- painful periods like it's just you have this um, perspective of like this is how it should look um, and I have felt over the years I've been constantly amazed by how what we think is the black and white of how things should be often can go against the grain, um, how results can be, particularly with testing, how they can be contraindicating what the symptoms are or how like we would do one test that we would expect to see something and we can see the opposite and how, <laughs> how you just can't pigeonhole and put conditions um or symptoms always into a box and i think as a good practitioner you have to know of course what to look for and and know the signs and symptoms and be able to go well this sounds like it could be xyz and know what's involved to get those answers but Mm. also be really open to interpreting results and symptoms and having an open mind about how that data may push you in a different direction um and i think kind of rolled into that too what i've learned over the years more and more and just gets reiterated all the time is no matter how many amazing functional tests come out and how much information you can get from testing like that case taking um Mm. really good case taking not only in initial but continuing and that listening to a client and that information from the client is always the most critical information you can have and I think 
that's a really dangerous space that practitioners can fall into when there's so much around in testing now just to get so blindsided by the tests. Whereas often, yeah, or not always, always the information from the client is so paramount. Um, I've just, I just constantly see um, that being a learning point and something that continues to grow. And I'm always surprised by what a client can teach me and also also what a cl- what people know innately about their own health like people just yes. so often they'll they'll say to you oh you know I know I know I'm not like I don't have your knowledge or I'm not this or that but I just I just feel like this or that and I was like that's important like don't feel embarrassed about saying that to me like people they they often just need that space to be listened to and to be heard and they'll often tell you <laughs> what is going on or give you that kind of really important information. Um, So that I found that really amazing. Um, And I think the only other thing, I mean, there's so many, but the other one I was thinking about earlier was always learning to modulate and adapt protocols, whether that be supplements or diet or lifestyle or whatever it is to a client and as we have more complex crazy intense cases the ability for people to handle certain yes. types of treatment protocols is so varied and it's really important for us to adapt to suit that and not having this kind of go at it with a hammer mentality and understand when to back off and when to take things slower and I have so many conversations these days with clients about this, you know, the, the classic sort of snail pace is the way to go. Like, don't don't feel like we've got... <laughs> it's, it's such a, a human nature trait that we want to go hard and fast. It's like that hard and fast often can have you feeling 10 times worse and learning how to adapt and modulate and, it, like, change tacks. And, um, yeah, it's just like a constant re-adaption. And I think, again, when you mm. first start... It's something you don't really know because you haven't learnt that. You need to have the experience with people mm. to learn that skill. Yeah, I agree. I actually think that's exactly what you said. At the start with all the testing and all of that, yes, um, you've got to listen to your clients. Like you said that perfectly. Um, your clients are your greatest teachers, I think, has been one of my biggest learnings as well. Um, but I, uh, yeah, like I agree with that wholeheartedly because I think the ego of a practitioner can quite often get in the way of actually effectively treating a client. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, and it's, I don't say ego in the sense like ego is in like beat your, beat your hands on your chest ego. It's just that we didn't get into health to just fuck around. We got into health because we want to fundamentally f- help people fix themselves and help people work their way through their journey and things like that. But part of that is, and the biggest learning of that is actually understanding the limitations of your clients um, in certain capacities. Um, you know, and that's that sometimes is really hard and really frustrating because you sometimes you can just be like, I know what I need to do to get you to where you need to be, but for X, Y, and Z, whether it be psychological reasons, environmental reasons, just their own ability to take on stuff due to stress things. Like there's just so much that has to come into effectively helping someone get to where they need to be that it is usually a snail's pace Mm -hmm. sometimes like with little changes and stuff, but you have to set aside what you want for that person sometimes to a degree. Like obviously we all want them to get better or get out to a better state of health, but it has to be at a, a level and a pace that is appropriate for them. 
And that can be really hard as a practitioner because sometimes on paper it says that you've just got to do this and they'll get better but you you know when you do that or if you were to do that at the pace that you know a textbook recommends or a protocol recommends or anything like that that you're actually going to probably cause this person some harm Mm -hmm. so it's a it's a it's a massive learning curve to learn to work with each person as an individual and really understand their their boundaries their limitations what they're capable of how hard you can push them when you can push them that hard when you need to back off with them like that is that is almost like yeah and i have this conversation with my clients especially like my chronic gut clients my chronic hormone clients like like i'm like this is about us developing a relationship with you Mm. and getting to understand you like i know nothing about you do you know what i mean like and this is what we have to learn and i i it's really funny like when i talk to my clients i almost like we almost assign like names or genders and stuff to whatever we're working on like especially because we're talking about the gut quite a lot like um i'm like we're getting and under- we're getting to know her yeah. like and yeah, you know when she, when she <laughs> yeah and when shit hits the fan i'm like great we've just learned a crucial piece of information about her now great we know this or sometimes i say her and i'm talking to a guy and i'm like sorry we'll make it a guy gut <laughs> <laughs> But do you know what I mean? I just think like that is one of the biggest learning things. Like you can you can have all, and we talk about this sometimes too in the practitioner space, don't we? You can have all the knowledge under the sun and you can be the most academically switched on person and yeah. you can be on top of all the research and all the protocols and listen to all the great, all the most up-to-date podcasts. But if you can't apply that effectively to the person in front of you, not what based on what everyone's telling you to do, the person in front of you, you you're not going to treat them. Yeah. Like you're not going to help them. Like, so I think, you know, and that's not saying we get it right all the time. Like it is a learning curve, both backwards and forwards between us and our clients, but it's, it's such a big one all the time. You never stop learning from them. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's really well put. It's, um, it is very much about how you take all of that information and how you help a client with that and listen to them and and modulate that information. And uh, yeah, as you said, we've, we've we've learnt over the years from doing this and it's it's not even being it's not a perfect situation for us either the reason you don't know this when you first start and you have to learn it as a skill is because you have to work with people and you have to see when you you have to see what happens when you push too hard or you don't push enough or you don't you know as you pivot and learn like that's the skill Mm. that you build and then you just become more and more and more savvy at understanding that uh, and knowing yeah. what to look for. Like there's these, these like little nuances that you're constantly learning that you would never learn um, out of a textbook, as you said. Yeah. And even just sometimes too, that anecdotal repetitive um, kind of thing that you see in between patterns of testing and types of people and personalities and things like that. There's nothing that anyone will ever be able to put on paper about that. As far as I'm concerned, like I know, mm-hmm sometimes it's really weird like I close like it's not like I close my eyes but it's like my eyes blue beam up a a mind print sometimes or like a mind map of certain people and certain chemical like certain conditions and things like that and it's almost like I I don't know like it's hard to explain but like I know with certain personalities of people and certain Mm. conditions like there's just things you learn when you work with so many different people and with so many different similarities sometimes between t- and again that's not taking away from the individuality of the person it's just that there's these layers upon layers upon layers if you if you as a practitioner are open to learning like you start to really pick up on some of yeah again our onion analogy but these layers of complexities and like you said nuances and things that yeah it just i'm only like 8 years in and i feel like i 
am going to spend the rest of my life still fucking learning. Yeah. Like it's just, and you're like 15 years in and you're yeah. saying the same thing. So anyone that sits back and goes, I've, no, I've learned all I need to learn, mate, red flag. <laughs> <laughs> but also you're not paying attention. Yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. so much to learn. Like <laughs> it freaks me out how much it like, it's just freaks me out sometimes when I think like, how much I still want to know. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, like to the point where I'm like, I feel like this tiny little speck in a universe. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy. You know, the other thing you just mentioned there too, as far as this area is the different personalities and like oh, learning epic. over the years to understand how someone's personality and the way they take in information and their um, resilience as a person um, yeah. Not even like to treatment, but that can that's sort of ties into this. But their resilience as a person, their ability to adapt, how much that influences how you need to approach mm. treatment. Because yeah. some people are more sensitive, they are more emotional, um, and that often, as you said, you can kind of see that blueprint of a person or a trait that you like. I know I need to be more gentle with this person. I may need they may need more support from me. They're going to be needing to reach out more. Um, and then even how you listen, even how you interpret what they tell you, because we have yeah. people who we will say this often to each other. We'll have some clients who it's like every little thing they feel with such intensity and the way they describe their symptoms compared to the next person who can be so blase about it and just be like, yeah, yeah, I'm a bit bloated. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're next to the, (laughs) you know, and we have a classic stereotype of clients that we see like that. And it's not saying that one experience is worse than the other, but there's a definitely a way you can work with those people and the way you Mm. would adapt the treatment, adapt how you support them. Because some people don't even that you can have an appointment, you consult, you don't need to worry about them in between consults. They're no, just so really on it. They're just really proactive and other people you really need to hold their hand and that's fine. But you don't, yeah. again, you don't know that when you first start as a practitioner, you have to learn that. Yeah. I also think you have to learn too that your role, coming back to the roles of our, roles of a practitioner, which is something I think you don't prepare yourself for at the start of coming into private practice, is your role as a practitioner a lot of the time is well, not a lot of the time, but sometimes is just to be transient in someone's journey. And that's mm. sometimes quite hard. I find because like, again, we came in, we come into this with this, we want to help the world. We want to, and again, it's just our egos as well, but yeah. we want to fix people. We have this awesome knowledge base. Like if, if you, if I could just help you, like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, but you've got to realize, and this is a, this has been a hard one. Like sometimes your role as the practitioner in that person's journey is not to not to really help them at all. Mm. Like you're just, you know, you're that person that they might see six times, and they might take some valuable information from you, and they really enjoy their consults, or they may not enjoy their consults. <laughs> like that's also a possibility as well, you know. Or um, they may not even like you as a person or a practitioner, so they don't come back. But your role sometimes is not even to help them it's just to provide information that they may not use for another 10 years yeah, do you know what i mean so like so well said it's so like true. it's just that's and coming an to check t- too such an yeah. ego check and sometimes coming to terms with that this person isn't ready they they're trying but they're not ready yet for whatever reason they they're not ready like they don't they're yeah. not ready to cut that tie or make that change or give up that food or 
move that, change that life environment or stress environment. And you actually have to accept that because that's part of their, their, their adventure mm-hmm. or their story. And sometimes that is quite hard. And I struggle a lot sometimes with that with clients, but I have to learn that I can just do the best I can do. And I put a hundred thousand, fifty percent into my clients as I know you do. And you know, all the JCM practitioners do and have, but it's sometimes that 150,000% is not enough mm-hmm. or it's just not what that person needs at the time. And you have to accept that. And that is a big learning curve. Yeah. Um, and sometimes people just drop off the scene, like, you know, clients and you think you've had a really good relationship with them and they're, you're really helping them and, or helping work things out and then they just disappear or, you know, just, there's just so many things where, and it can be really gutting, you know, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and learning not to take that too personally yeah. and just be like, that's okay. Like, hopefully I did enough. Hopefully I helped enough. Hopefully I provided enough information that I've steered that person. Or maybe I said one sentence that's put that person on the course they need to be to get where they need to go. But it actually wasn't my job to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's a big one to learn, I think, because you, you think like you, we're so like, excited in this space that we're just like we just want to fix the world (laughs) i want to fix everyone i want to fix everyone (laughs) Uh, at the same time i was trying to fix myself (laughs) all right so what has been our highlights highlights did i write down anything oh yeah i've got a few for highlight i've got a few for everything i just put some little dot points down um highlights i've had heaps of i I feel like a lot of our a lot of our work even though it's hard and we we spend a lot of time with our clients and it is a lot there's a lot of mentally involved um there's so many perks like i love the fact that the majority of my clients and obviously just even our work environment like i know we're talking about this more from a practitioner point of view but like we have a fucking great work environment like Mm -hmm. that's a highlight for me all the time (laughs) Um, but just even with, like, I feel like I, like, I love the majority of my clients. Like I get along with them really well. I look forward to my consults with them. I think the highlight is, is that as you grow as a practitioner and really get into your own skin and find your own space, you attract your type of people, which I think is really cool. And like, I know, like we have this joke in the clinic all the time, like your clients are nothing like my clients and my clients would be nothing like Emma's clients when she worked with us and, you know, Mel's like, we just, you you attract your tribe. And so that makes work a pure fucking joy a lot of the time. So yes, you're helping people and being part of their, their adventure in life and all of this, but you're also getting along with them on some level. Mm -hmm. And some people you get along with better than others, but some, some people I genuinely feel like if, if we weren't working through something, we'd probably be sitting at the pub having a fucking beer together, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I love that about some of my clients. Um, but then I think the big highlights are when you actually hit a milestone with someone like, um, like with gut stuff, it's, you know, getting them through a good chunk of all of it. And they've finally got their, you know, some food freedom in air quotes, but they're enjoying eating out and their gut functions good and their energy's better. And you hit those little, those little sweet spots that you're like, fuck yeah, we've just hit a milestone. Mm-hmm. Like that's always a highlight. Periods are always a highlight for me when they're improved or if someone hasn't had one for a while and then they finally get one. Babies are always a highlight. Yeah. Like I've, I, <laughs> I feel like I've had clients that I've seen through the gut journey, the hormone journey, and we're in the pregnancy journey yeah. now. We're on baby number two now. Like yeah. and just, you know, and these people come in and out and like over eight years of practice, like I've had them for maybe seven years. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it's just that 
and then you get them through you do some gut work or some skin work and you might not see them for 12 months and they're like hey chris we're planning on having a baby like and you work on that and then you've got pregnancy or the fertility ivf space like there's there's just so much that you work with with people and it just yeah there's just so many highlights along the way Mm -hmm. where you just you know out of the blue like a client that you worked with two years ago that you did have a really good relationship with and they just send you a photo of a ultrasound on social media and you're like oh my fucking god (laughs) (laughs) so like there's just i just think too like again it comes down to how personal we are with our clients and stuff like that but there's just so many moments where you're just like fuck yeah (laughs) this is why we do it (laughs) yeah i i definitely would reiterate a lot of what you just said only it's really hard to beat just the wins along the way like those those hard cases that you have and and having wins with those complex cases but also every every single client you see have wins and you know those clients who come in and they've got those difficulties with what they can eat and they're on a limited diet and then seeing them transition through and being able to eat foods they could never eat in the past or whether it is as you said if is it is it around hormonal wins or fertility wins there's so many things but there's nothing there's nothing that continues to be as rewarding in in this field of work than seeing people feel better and also getting the other thing for me constantly is the education like I love seeing clients learn what they Mm. need to do for themselves long term and I I I always to this day with a new client one of at the start my spiel to them one of the things I'll say is that my job (laughs) is to educate you at jason clinic our goal is we want to educate you Mm. so you know what you need to do long term yeah so you don't need us anymore and i love seeing we give a similar spiel (laughs) i would hope so (laughs) yeah true it's a good point (laughs) you know when you see that like they just learn and they the feedback that you get um and it's just they're not even thinking anymore about the choices that they make or how they eat it's just become their new lifestyle and they have Mm. got that education and they have that confidence that comes with that like it's so joyful and Mm. I love even with the easy stuff too like I I always love when a client comes back and says to me this is really easy like I thought it'd be really hard to like make these changes with my food and and make these healthy adaptions and like this is really easy and it's also really delicious and I really loved that recipe for this and that like oh my god Mm. like I still get such a kick out of like I loved that bread or I love that muffin recipe I feel like that's so good for you too because I just think Behind the scenes, I don't think, well, I'm sure people that do do recipe content and creation understand, but I feel like there's not a lot of people that do what you do in that space. Like I put together in eight years of working with you, probably 10 recipes that are on my website. And I know the little kick of joy I get when someone actually fucking makes one (laughs) (laughs) and tells me how good it is. But you're getting a recipe up. Like I remember when you and I first started, you used to get a recipe up a a week. Yeah. Weekly, and I know it's like bi weekly now, but God, but I just think for you too, particularly, like I don't get that because I don't write a lot of recipes, but for you, I use all your recipes. (laughs) I'm like, do this, do this, do this. But like, I think that is, yeah, that would be such a cool little buzz because you put so much fucking time into your recipes and food development and just, oh, okay, oxalates are a thing now, or this is a thing now, let me create a few recipes so people have got this. It's not just, oh, go and eat a low oxalate diet or go and eat this. It's like, here's a whole archive of shit I've been building for you guys to use. (laughs) 
look like you're like the library behind the, <laughs> the recipe yeah. library. Oh, I reckon mean? it's so true. Oh. Even for like not just us, for many, many other practitioners. Every now and again, I'll get a practitioner just ask me about it. They're like, oh, is it okay? And I'm like, yeah. Like, you yeah. don't, like, it surprises me that occasionally people ask. Like, I know it's just this database that people access. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd also, like, you also touched on this too, yeah, like, long-term clients now. Like, there's clients that I've known for so, like, from the start. And as you said, mm. that transition of growing with them, seeing them achieve different goals. Um, they become old friends. And even the ones that have moved on, and they're fine and they have that education, like mm. they still touch base or they still reach out and you know that they're just doing really well on their own. Um, yeah. It's just so rewarding those people to watch them grow and adapt, whether they stay with you or they come and go. Um, and I guess I, the only other one I would add to, to this area is the mentoring. Like I just feel like I, I've been surprised by – I've always loved teaching and, and seeing practitioners grow within JCN, but I've been surprised how much I've enjoyed mentoring. Like it's just another level of joy that it gives. And even yeah, with, I love it as well. Oh, it's just beautiful and seeing like the spark in people, and particularly with the as the new practitioners have come into JCN over the last sort of four or five years. Like, yeah, just the spark that they get, like when you're they're learning and seeing clients and you're chatting about clients and like how excited they get about different things and as you say they've got the, <laughs> the sickness as like the, the sickness, sickness you see, the obsession <laughs> so the, the obsession that we have <laughs> yeah it's just it's very very joyful um yeah it, and it, and it kind of gives you a reward in a different way i just i do yeah love it. Yeah, I do feel like like the the education space alone, like just mentoring with the newer girls. Like I know you do so much of that, um, but just even like yeah, even like workshops, like just that yeah. different space of education. Like I'm always like some of the stuff we've done over the years, like our the JCN luncheons oh, and just that difference. Like just the, yeah, <laughs> we've done so many of those. Like COVID kind of shot us in the foot a bit, but we're we're coming back. Um, but yeah, like just that difference, like that flip spin where you and I actually get to step away from the the headspace of private practice and just purely t t show people how much we love food and mm. the food space and put together menu like that is obviously and again just my hospitality background and your food background and all the stuff you've like just the, all the it's so crazy that all the things you and I had done before we came mm. together it's just and then when we get to put that into an, a whole other element yeah you know with all yeah like it's just this whole other layer on top of things that we fucking love so oh yeah oh yeah the luncheons have been definitely a I know I know that's strict it's not strict practitioner but far out those yeah the luncheons that we've had particularly the last one was just something I'll yes always remember as a highlight yeah Ah. So good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ate for 24 hours before that. Because <laughs> I was just running on pure adrenaline. Yes. <laughs> Three glasses of wine and I was fucked. <laughs> A bit of pate and two, two or three glasses of wine and I was just cactus. Oh, that was so good though. So funny. I just remember from that workshop though, like that luncheon, sorry, because I'm such an itinerized person with the hospitality side of it and you're up doing this thing and I'm like timing things to a T because I've got it. I'm just up. like, I'm kicking you up the ass basically because you're rambling on about something. I just, come on, mate. 
he's like, it reminds me when you watch like, um, I don't know, like Morning Wars or some of those TV shows and you see the producer in the background like wrapping people up. That's you like wrapping me up. Like, stop talking about millet. We've got food to cook. Yeah, they've got ovens, everything time to a fucking tea here. <laughs> Your major point, move on. <laughs> so good. So good. Now pivoting, um, has there been lows? What has been some of our oh, lows? And of course there's going to have been lows, like nothing's always rosy. but um, Nothing's always rosy. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Oh, I, don't, I, just, I was like, oh, I don't even want to talk about this one. You can skip it if you want. <laughs> No, I feel like it's important for people to yeah. know, like, it's not always roses and rainbows and sunshine. Like, I know everyone hears us on podcasts and sees us on social media and, like, we're usually, like, pretty happy chappy and we don't bring a lot of our personal – we'll rarely bring our personal shit or baggage to the table. Yeah. Um, we keep everything – well, you and I, oh, I think, are very consistent and not not by any way, shape or form did we ever discuss this. I just think it's our personalities. Mm. We, we leave our shit at the door yeah. all the time, you and I, yeah. without a doubt. So – some of the lows, I think, if I had to say definitely just, again, practitioner to client is um, just some of the things that you do have to go through with clients. And mm. um, the fertility space is a really hard one to work in. Um, and I think I've talked about that on other podcasts, maybe, but to a degree when we did that other side of fertility. But it's, I'm not going to go into it too much because I know the, the clients that I could talk about do listen to our podcast. And I just, it, there's some very personal stories, yeah. um, but holding the hands of people through loss of babies is huge and I've had to do that a few times over the years mm-hmm. um and sometimes some late stage pregnancies which is fucking probably the most horrific thing I think I could ever hold someone's hand through I'm probably going to get emotional about it um so that's massive um that's so yeah I feel like the fertility space is epic and you just yeah it's a hard one to work and it's got so many beautiful things but there's so many there's so many other sides to it for so many women and that's a really hard space to be in um and I think sometimes too like just that whole I know that's called like that imposter syndrome but sometimes too like you just really feel like you sometimes let people down do you get that like just with some of your clients like you just you try so hard for them and you know you want things so badly for them and it's not that they're not trying it's not that you're not trying it's just for whatever reason you don't have the answer yeah and sometimes that is in the fertility space that sometimes that's in other really complex health spaces and things like that and I think that sometimes does really highlight the importance of having a team like just not taking it all on your own shoulders as a practitioner like help have them if it's you if you're dealing with chronic pain like a psychologist um osteos like all of these other people to kind of just help them share the load that they need but when you're dealing with really chronically unwell people or the fertility space where people are on their third round of IVF and they've already had nine miscarriages or something like that like it's pretty fucking epic and it's just sometimes you don't have the answers and you're still part of the journey and I think that's that's a real low sometimes because yeah you just again that's not the other that's not the flip side of what we're talking about with the ego where you just want to help everyone that's the actually having to accept that there's so many things out of our control sometimes and it's a big one (laughs) yeah and and it's hard sometimes like I know you'll agree like because we have these such intense consultations and I know this will probably come into challenges but having a conversation like that with someone and then having to just step straight into a next consultation you know what I mean like you really I'm not saying you really have to have your shit together because we don't sometimes like I like Sam and I were talking about this yesterday actually like I have literally 
had a consult with clients where, you know, over the years where things like this have happened or there's been some really epic, epic, massive things change or something like that and you just close your door and fucking cry. (laughs) And And then you've got 15 minutes to get your shit together, unfog your eyes and just... Not not compartmentalize it, but to a degree compartmentalize it, put it aside, deal with that grief when you get home and talk to your partner about it, or sometimes not even just go and have a glass of wine or go for a walk or yeah. something like that. Like you you take so we take so much on and there's definitely like I feel like there's a lot more highs than there are lows, but the lows can be fucking low. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that just touched my heart. <laughs> yeah. Um, well I know I think you Yeah. <laughs> I think I want to speak first to what you said about that imposter syndrome. And I think like it just, it's, it's so, it's so true in regard to just, you, you can't, you want to help everyone, but you can't help everyone and you don't always have the answers. And I think that you feel so, there's so much like compassion and, um, and can be pain in those thoughts just ironically shows how empathetic you are as a practitioner or we are all as practitioners to have those feelings because like you know when you when you feel when you feel so deeply for people but also when you when you feel like you're you're struggling to help someone and you can't you feel like you can't give Mm -hmm. them the answers and it so deeply affects you like there's so much compassion and care in that and you Mm. like it's it's really it's actually I don't I don't think that's a common trait um in well I think I think the hardest thing is is that we're told as practitioners and I just don't under under fucking stand this at all is by any textbook rule in both orthodox and holistic health spaces you are told to not get personal with your clients like keep that boundary I'm sorry. There's just no. that's absolute fucking bullshit no. as far as I'm concerned. Like yeah. you can't. There is like yes, there's boundaries, and obviously we all have to have boundaries and stuff like that. But when you're talking about someone's life and they're trusting you with helping them, like you, if you're not emotionally invested, then what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, that's <laughs> like, it. I don't exactly. know. Like, and you have we've talked about this over the years. You will have weeks where you just have a run of clients that like everyone's just seems like they're either going backwards or something's not working yeah. and you just after all this time you just sort of like go to yourself what the what the fuck like what am i doing mm. am i am i any good at this am i really yeah. shit like what what am i doing like what am i doing wrong am i letting people down and you get in your head about it and you can beat yourself up about it and the, the best thing that we have is each other that we can like, yes, we'll talk to our partners at points and they can be good, but yeah. we have each other to talk to and get out mm. of our heads about it because the, the thing is the next week, realistically, it can be the opposite. and Polar opposite. Like people, as we've highlighted in other areas we've talked about today already, people are so different and because of what they've got going on in their lives and how mm. that's influencing the information that we're getting in that that condensed hour consultation like sometimes there's other things a lot of the time there's other things going Mm. on but again we don't always have all the answers and we're dealing with such complex cases and these really challenging challenging health situations it can be brutal sometimes it can be fucking brutal and yeah and i don't think that's (laughs) i don't think there's a um an end point to that i don't think that suddenly 
as you said, with learning and wanting to learn more, we're not going to just like get to this point where we'll have all the answers. It's going to continue to be no. like that. And I can think of, you know, a handful of clients off the top of my head that continually challenge me in this space. And I just, I'm really honest with them about that. And I know you are too, about mm. wanting to, you know, do everything and to help. And I'll like, I'll just bend over backwards a million times, like like searching and helping and doing mm. all of the things. But I think, yeah, it can be it can be really really challenging, and it can leave you in a state even as confident as you can feel. It can leave you feeling really um, unsure about yourself, and it can it can leave you in a pretty pretty kind of self questioning space um, mm. at points. And I. Look, I think, I yeah, I so agree with you too about when you're dealing with fertility. I think, you know, for me at points I've like, which has been really hard too. I've like, I've lost clients. Like I've, I've had a, um, death in my my time as a practitioner, and that has probably been one of the hardest things that I've ever faced. Um, but I don't. I don't regret that because that person meant so much to me and I learned so much from them and I continue to think about them and I feel deeply connected to their family. And I've, you know, I, I even remember that when I was studying, I had a, um, a really amazing um, teacher and I guess mentor who worked with cancer. And I remember her saying, if you go into this space, yeah. You need to you need to realize that it's going to be really hard because there will be loss and you will people you will lose people like you're in, yeah and I always remembered that but I it never set me up for what that would be and that yeah that that fucking broke my heart and that like you know it's it's a funny one to sort of mention as a low because well not funny but like obviously it's a real low <laughs> but I also think of that experience and that person as a beautiful high in my life because she just yeah. her and her family just brought me so much joy so I yeah. think that's something that depending on what you do as a practitioner and the types of people mm. that you see it's something that you don't really think about but you know no I don't well I don't think you're like even just cancer in general like I definitely I wasn't gonna sh I wasn't sure if you're gonna share that so that's why I didn't want to even talk about like cancer straight away um but um yeah that is cancer itself is just epic working with that yeah. like I definitely haven't worked with it the way you did with your client that you were just talking about but just of late or not of late but working I work with a lot of breast cancer clients and oh, like just yeah it's a it's a it's a, a big space like I don't I don't have many other cancers I've got a lot of, I've got a few bowel cancers and things like that but prognosis in terms of like getting better is really great for all those people it's still a really hard thing to work with but and but yeah like it's yeah again like you said like yeah it's huge yeah <laughs> I don't have much more to say yeah. cancer's just <laughs> cancer's cancer's tough <laughs> cancer's an asshole yeah. <laughs> Like the I know why like people drive before. around, yeah, like the chores. <laughs> but I know why people drive around with signs on their car. Fuck cancer, yeah. I get it. <laughs> like, well, I don't get it to the degree they probably do because they've had some more personal experience. But just working, even just yeah, in the in the breast cancer space and 
Um, I've had like lymphoma and a few things like that. Like it's just, yeah, I feel like it's an unfair space and it really like, yeah, you know, like it just doesn't, it's not a discriminatory space. Like I think the hardest thing sometimes too is that space that you, like what I was kind of saying, you don't have control over. I'm not saying we have control over everything, but we have control over some things like it, Eight, one plus one equals two a lot of the times or and you can work with your mm. clients and you you can establish cause and effect or you know like let's just say like someone is doing really well and all of a sudden they go out on the weaker and they have a bender and it fucks their gut up and they mm. feel like shit for two weeks like that's all explainable and i'm not saying it's it not in any way shape or form saying it's deserved but it's an expected outcome yeah Cancer's not like that. Infertility is not like that yeah. sometimes. And, you know, and that's the really hard space is that this is not something anyone's done to themselves. Yeah. This is just something that is dealt that you have no control over and you can do the best sometimes to your degree to work with that person, with their specialist and same with you, with your client, like their family, all the things. And sometimes the outcome is just not what you want it to be. Yeah. And that's just it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Talk about going from one extreme to another. I, know. Like, I can feel my like energy going from this like really high point to this like Fuzzy, this really yeah, somber just, point. I just want to cry and have a glass of wine right now. <laughs> Why didn't we bring wine for this podcast, Jess? <laughs> beer, beer, anything. <laughs> so, all right, let's move on. What has been some of our biggest challenges? So I know this is this one sort of rolls into a lot of what we've talked about yeah. already. Um, I would definitely highlight here difficult, not so much, well, yeah, difficult cases along the way, absolutely. But honestly, what we're talking about as far as dif different types of clients and people's personality traits and... Mm learning to adapt and pivot and um, deal with those challenges when they come up can actually be really hard um, and confronting and definitely mm -hmm. as the word is here challenging um, yep. and it continues to be challenging because people and people innately react differently in all sorts of ways it's what makes us different whether it's like a physical reaction or an emotional reaction. And not everyone, everyone wants to feel better if they feel crap. But also, as you said before about like learning when people are actually ready to change, sometimes people come to us and they like the idea of being better, yeah, of agreed. course, but they're not ready to put in the work. They're not really ready to make the changes. And that's really challenging as a client because we want to see people feel better and we can see yeah. what needs to happen, but we know when we see resistance, excuses, I know that's a loaded word, but let's say it for what mm -hmm. it is. We know when we see those things and that is super challenging for us. We get, I think we're getting better and better and better and better at navigating that. Um, I know yeah. Krista and I have joked about <laughs> over the years having a disclaimer <laughs> or like having something people have to sign before they actually even come on as a new client it's just like you bloody better be ready to do the work otherwise don't bother coming in my door <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's been it continues to be a challenge is navigating Absolutely. those I know I know you even I had like a rough client in the last couple of weeks that you were just uh, like oh my I, god and like it's uh, just 
you know, we want to help people, but sometimes people I, really don't want to help themselves. <laughs> well, yeah, this was this was a bit different because I think this was actually a proper challenge for me, if I'm being honest. And I, it's it's very rare these days because I do feel like, and I know we were talking before about like how, you know, imposter syndrome and things like that and all of that, but this wasn't one of those instances. This is someone who actually really confrontationally rattled me and yeah. I'm, I'm, pr- I'm a pretty solid person, like in terms of I can handle most situations mm. and I handle them pretty well. I pretty good at keeping my calm when I need to. As soon as that, that situation I'm removed from it, I'll drop every F and C bomb <laughs> under the sun True. and carry on. But in the in the in the situation in the moment I am I'm, I'm pretty good. Um but I I can't remember a time where I felt that rattled by a client mm. and just her confrontation in the consultation, like just it's just that we're not fucking magicians and I can't wave a magic wand and undo 20 to 30 years of dysfunction in a couple of weeks. And this is a process and all of that. So obviously we've talked about that in different podcasts and things like that, but just this was just really rallying to the point where my hands were actually shaking, which never happens Mm. for me either. Like, and to get through that, this is a real challenge to get through this entire consult with still keeping my composure, um, standing my ground enough that I was firm, but not too much that I was rude. Um, But also smiling, finishing the consult appropriately, um, doing all of that and everything like that. And then getting off the consult and really just losing, like the girls have never seen me that rattled. Like, but honestly, like, it, yeah, it was a challenge. It yeah. like for there's no other word for it. And I did. I remember texting you on the way home. Yeah. And but I remember I was I I went home with this like I and I had to really 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 sit down with myself and go, where is the fucking lesson in this? Yeah. Like, what is your lesson in this, Carissa? Like, is this your time where you really have to start you know standing your ground with you know I don't know. Like, I'm still trying to work out what my lesson is in this. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've got a few <laughs> ideas of what it is but like it's like you know is this yeah it's just that and it's not challenging from a a complexity point of view yes this person's got definitely a lot going on as a lot of my clients do but it's just that personality Mm. clash do you know what I mean um and and you know and I have yeah and it's just I said to the girls I'm like I have clients that are way more fucked up in terms of stuff going on and they've got so much more work to do but I've just in terms of, but they're, they're so beautiful to work with and they understand that I'm doing my best. So to have someone make me feel like I'm not, even though I am. Anyway, it's just this whole big thing, but it's a real challenge. Like even eight years into the game, and I know you have had a few clients like that yeah. over the years where they just push your buttons and yeah. you're like, dude, I'm fucking trying. Like, I don't have a magic fucking wand for you. I wish I did. I wish I did because then I wouldn't. Initial have... consultation. I haven't even done anything yet. <laughs> but you know, like my thing is, is like, and I know this is really horrible. I wish I had a magic wand for you so I could make you better. I don't have to have another consultation with you because you're really upsetting me. <laughs> You know, and then you wouldn't, you won't go and take this, this ball of horrible energy to another practitioner because then they'll have to do it. The only thing I said to the girls about this was the biggest thing was I'm glad she was with me and not with one of the new girls because that would have been enough to make you never practice again what I went through in that consult. And that is hands down honest. Like I was so, so rattled from a person from and from a strength point of view and just from how hard I had to just keep my composure in that consult in terms of just like, it just sh- shut it down and go not I can't work with you sort of yeah. thing like and um 
but yeah i'm just so glad that was me and not one of our other girls because i think like the how that made me feel if i was me eight years ago or even six years ago i think i would have had anxiety around any consultation moving forward for a good period mm. of time like just not knowing that that's what you're going into yeah do you know what I mean? And then just slapped that hard. That was just like a, like a, and last consultation of the day, like just, just, uh, and just not expecting it either. Yeah. Like just definitely not expecting it. So yeah, like that is just things like that are challenging as practitioners. And I know any other practitioner listening to this, I'm sure we've all had those people. And again, taking it back and telescope out, which I always try and do after I've come down from different situations and stuff like that is like, I don't know what's going on in this person's mm. life. I don't know what's got them to be the way they are. Like there's just so many things that, you know, I do always try and put into perspective and stuff like that too. But it comes back to, for us as practitioners, like I could write a book on the last few years of my life on the emotional space behind the scenes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've had some freaking huge life events, like epic. And I'm not saying anyone else hasn't, but I leave my shit at the door. Yeah. I... I don't, you know, and it's just, and I'm, I like to think I'm pretty good. Sometimes I come into work and have a rant about things, but I've gone through some epic personal stuff over the last few years and I have still never, I like to think, gone into someone's space that I don't yeah, know yeah. and and made them feel so small. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, yeah, and I think that's, yeah, that can be a real challenge. Like, A, leaving our stuff at the door because sometimes you are having a shitty day and sometimes you, I think, you know, you want to just take a mental health day but you've got to, you know, be there for your clients and that's, and, you know, but anyway, it's just there's there's challenges on both sides of that. Yeah. So yeah, people not leaving their shit at the door and you've got to be able to leave your shit at the door. Yeah. And let's just talk about what we're here to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Nutrition. It, and, man, it so plays into that whole area of just what we've learned over the years too when mm. you are challenged with someone like this and um as you said it's like when you telescope out what else what else is going on and and often i think again you learn with these types of um challenging cases or people that come in into mm. the clinic is that often they've had a wild ride before they've landed up in your ended up in your chair yeah, and they are so jaded that they've spent thousands of dollars they're so skeptical of anything else working yeah. so they bring that in with you and they they bring that baggage in and and you kind of end up wearing that baggage and it's it's like mm. over the years trying to learn how to pull that apart and not take it on and also like as you were saying too like how when when is it appropriate to like, what do I say? When is it appropriate as that practitioner and they're there and they're paying for your time, but also to be like, yeah. you are actually disrespecting me right now and we need to, yeah. I, I need to say something um, about how yeah. you're speaking to me or, um, you know, I know that's been your journey or what's happened for you so yeah, far, but this absolutely. is new, this is how, yeah. It, and it's and it's constantly a challenge because you, yeah. you get you, you get thrown those situations and you will continue to get thrown those, but yes. far out that one is just, it's, she's up there. <laughs> yeah, she's up there, especially like to rattle my cage. Like I'm pretty, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm unra unrattleable. I'm definitely, but I'm definitely more rattleable from like a, like the things we're talking about in the lows and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you know, like that stuff, that stuff rocks me to my fucking yeah. core, but I'm usually pretty okay with confrontation because yeah. I know I can stand my ground. So yeah. for someone to, 
you know, yeah, it just, it really threw me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I stood my ground, but I was just, and yeah, but it's just, it was a real, like, yeah, big freaking eye opener, I'll tell you. But um, yeah. I think uh, um, the other thing I'd mentioned just briefly before we move on to our last question is as a practitioner, the constant juggle of like that, just, I hate the word balance, but just trying to have that um, time of your time not having because you're when you do what we do it's you it's so absorbing and you're constantly thinking mm. about clients and thinking about different oh my cases God. and different I think about clients on my weekends yeah, all the it's time just, it's really hard I'm walking around in my morning thinking about different <laughs> clients and then I'll just email them like hey you popped into my head <laughs> you've just it's always a, a bit of a challenge to create that time for yourself that 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 balance as such if even again it's not really the right word for it I don't think but to to make sure that you have time to make sure you're not overdoing it burning out giving too much because we give and we give and we give and you just you can get to the end of the day and just be so mm. mentally and emotionally shattered because you've just given so much and that's that's yep. a constant challenge like I've oh, at, I've worked on different things over the years. I've definitely tried to teach the team at JCN different things. We've, mm. cha we've changed. We've, we're really specific with how many clients we see and the spaces we create and self-care as far as time off. And we do everything we can, but it's still hard. You still have weeks where you're just 100%. like, that's been a hard week. I am, I mean, you hear Chris, if you listen to podcasts a lot, we, we record on a Friday and often we're like freaking potatoes <laughs> trying to talk to each fried. other. Just like two mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah, two mashed, two mashed potatoes bashing skulls. <laughs> oh, it's true though. Like I feel like, um, I feel like that's something you have been really good with from the get go. And I think, um, it's made it's made the clinic a solid place um in so many good ways but i think i've learned a lot from you in that respect as well like i've worked in so many work environments where there are no fucking boundaries mm. and there's even no boundaries from the bosses like it's just you know it's just that it's ex expectation that if i'm on you're on like sort yeah. of a thing and and it's just it's not cool yep. um, and i know we work with our clients a lot in that space but even just to the degree like i'm one of those people that has to learn the hard way <laughs> despite no. despite despite just trying to not let me like i i definitely will just push every fucking boundary with how far i can push myself before and and then i'm like i just like it's like i like to just slam myself up a brick up against brick walls and then when i crack i'm like okay well that's how that's how much it takes me to crack i'll just peel it back and that's where i'll sit it's <laughs> like, so a, but but in saying that like it's yeah we i feel like at the clinic we are good like it, it it's almost impossible to not take your work home with you it's impossible mm. to not think about your clients on the weekend especially when i've got some big things going on um being having some real boundaries around social media can be a challenge because your social media account is also your work account mm. um so i'm i and again we, we're all learning like but you know you and i've gotten really good and we've tried to instill into the the girls now as well like don't answer your emails after a certain time. Like the auto replies are there unless you want to. And if you want to, mm. great. But if you're, if you're feeling tired, don't yeah. like, you know, like it's just, it's that it's the same with social media. Like people sending too much information over social media, put it in an email yeah. or book a consultation. Like you just, you do learn to get, that's another challenge. Like at, when you first start out, you just, again, it's just that wanting to help everyone and being too nice sometimes and not having any boundaries up to protect yourself. And before you know it, like you're, 
responding to people at 11 o'clock at night on social media and doing all those things which you don't mind at the time but it doesn't set you up um, in a healthy work um, work life boundary balance yeah. sort of place but it also sets you up for never being able to switch off and burn out yeah. which I definitely feel like I've learned the hard yeah. way so <laughs> just, just bouncing back <laughs> um, but yeah but it, again it's it's like it's just hindsight like you know people can tell you shit till you blue in the face you still gotta learn oh, it oh yeah so true <laughs> True. <laughs> the classic one is me thinking I can see 10 clients a day when I first started working with Jess and Jess telling me I couldn't and me arguing with her telling her that I'd be fine <laughs> I'm like no I'll be fine this is like, oh, all, your different jobs. <laughs> about all your different jobs you were doing all oh, at once oh my oh, god man. I think at any given time like up until probably like maybe four years ago like I still had other jobs on the side and I was a yeah. shocker but I remember I would get up at 4.30 in the morning, drive to like Ascot, even work at a cafe or like because Chloe was opening her cafe then or just even things like that, like work at a cafe or I was working at um, the cafe at Stanford or something like that and then I'd finish at 11, come into the clinic, see a couple of clients, jump on the train, go work at the fruit shop. And Jen, you'd be like, are you all right? Like how are you? I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm not fine. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, well, let's wrap this up with where do we see so ourselves good. in the future with, I put with JCN um, because I guess I'm still thinking about that sort of space. But yeah, yeah I, um, look, I, I think this, this one's like really, ugh, there's so many different ways it could go. But I, I guess one of the things I think about is there's so much that has changed over the last few years and there's been so much demand for online Mm. Um, and that I think with us, we're really sort of exploding into that online space mm. and Agreed. we do so much consulting online, but we're actually excitingly just getting ready to launch a whole new, um, platform or new, um, sort of ways of offering what we do and different sort of services and products in that space. And I think that's going to be a really exciting part of our future. I just think that it just makes sense with the demand now. So mm. I think there's going to be a real push there. Um, I'd like to think, as Carissa said, like, you know, what we have as a team is, you know, it's so, it's, it's so beautiful, but it's, it's so important to me. And that to me, as far as our futures, like the most critical aspect, I want to make sure that we continue to have that team camaraderie and feel. And I know that will change because of the way life is and people naturally come and go but I'd really like to see that staying as our core um, and I'd like to think you know we, we spoke over the even the last couple of months like we've sort of started to already get excited about a new space for JCN in the future as things mm. have changed because we've always been in the city in Brisbane because that made sense to be in the city people wanted to come in and out and access us easy but now there's not that demand for the city anymore we're so online we could really be anywhere um well we still need to be in brisbane but we've we've really talked about <laughs> what that new space we- could be <laughs> <laughs> or we could be in like the rain tree daintree area do we now could we be in cans jessica <laughs> yeah I'm like, could we really function out of a rainforest <laughs> <laughs> probably but yeah, Probably. we want to kind of start embracing a space that we create for clients, but it also be more about us. We want a space that 
we can hang out in. We want a beautiful, you know, we want to have a kitchen. We want to be able to do the workshops that we love doing from a space. And I want to be able to bring my dog to work. Yeah, Chris, we want a backyard for the dogs. <laughs> like we just want to really, we want a space for us because for me, it's really important. Like I think to, to have a team like, yeah, we can all communicate online, but to be together as people and spend time together as people and yeah, like that's that's so critical and, and and the right space to do that in our future is really important. So they're they're for me, I mean there's so many other factors, but they're kinda like my kind of core things at this point. Mm. Um how about you? <laughs> yeah, well I feel like I feel like because that's all the stuff we've chatted over over the last few months in terms of like JCN moving forward and what the space looks like. Like definitely we're, we're on the same page with so many things Like we're both excited about the same things. I definitely feel like I want there to be again, and I don't know if this will come with the change of clinic space in years to come. Um, but it's just back in the more, again, just coming back. I know so many things are going online and you and I are both excited about that space and what we're doing there. But I just fucking love things like our luncheons mm-hmm. and our and workshops and I really I just think connecting with people on that personal face-to-face level you can't beat that yeah um so I know we we're talking about doing something again at the end of this year um but yeah I just I still want there to be things like that so I think that will be a continuation on which I think is really cool who knows I've got we've got other ideas like I always think JC and retreats yeah. <laughs> But I also, I also think it's cool too. Like I think you know, you and I have talked too. Like there's, a, there is a chance that the the JCN clinic will be functioning at a time where neither of us are in Brisbane for a period of time because you yeah. know I've got some travel plans yeah. and we we've, we've talked about how we're going to make that work as that happens. So you know, like uh, it may be a bit of a like I might, I it may be mobile for a bit there yeah, too. Yeah. Where... <laughs> that's important. That's the other thing. Like as far as our future, like I want us to be adaptable. Like we have adapted yeah. over the past eight years with JCN as a clinic base. Like it has adapted so much. The good one thing so we're, we've done is we adapt to suit. We're always, we always try and stay ahead of things a few steps and we adapt and we've had to, we've had to do, we've changed our location because of having to adapt. We've changed the way we do things with, staff and with postage and like you know all Mm. the boring stuff you guys really don't want to know about but we're always adapting (laughs) and that's important like we won't look the same in another five years and I hope we don't I don't think we'll look this I don't don't think we'll look look the the same same. in another 12 months like even just like even what I what you said something before that made me think of it and I forgot to say it um but just even I think you have to do with boundaries like you and I are constantly even adapting out how we practice like and not practice in the sense of what we do with our clients but what suits us based on our capacity and and just our days and we, we just we we don't play around with things but we're like this space has to work for us as much as it has to yeah. work for our clients like and you know you know happy wife happy life but it's mm-hmm. kind of like the relationship you know like with our clients is that if you if we're happy practitioners and the space is working for us which is what we are constantly trying to go what else can we do here and what do we you know then that feeds through into what you guys get as as our as our clients or patients sort of a thing so but jess and i are constantly yeah even just adapting the days i think i change my days more than anyone <laughs> in the clinic i'm the biggest like, pain in the ass i'm, I'm like i'm gonna try this and i'm just gonna do this and it's like yeah, yeah. Can go for it <laughs> just whatever <laughs> just let me, as long as you just as long as you're still working <laughs> 
so you're still seeing your clients. Um, but yeah, but I just think, yeah, I just think it's going to be, it'll be interesting to see. Like I'm excited. But I, the funny thing is like, even now we're like, we're talking about a different space, like maybe with veggie gardens and yeah. verandas and all that. And that feels so right, right now for our future, but we may change our mind in 12 oh, 100%. months. <laughs> 100%. That's what's so hilarious. <laughs> so who knows? Yeah. Well, guys, yeah. I really hope you've enjoyed that <laughs> full on roller coaster <laughs> ride. <laughs> Oh my god! No, I really enjoyed that, and I think it's really pertinent for our hundredth episode. Um, yep. So the story so far. Yeah, yeah. We'd love, love to hear any feedback on this from you, particularly. Yeah, it maybe there's some uh, clients you know, that have listened, and I'd, I'd love to sort of hear their thoughts, maybe over some of the things we've discussed, um, or even just people who are thinking about coming along to JCN, I'm, I'm hoping that it might have given people a really in-depth insight into, um, yeah, how, how, how things roll um, and <laughs> <laughs> in a good way. In a good in way, a good yeah. Way. Basically, sign up and you get friends for life. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Whether you like us or not, no. <laughs> we have been ending the show with recommendations, Um I, as usual, haven't really thought about anything. I don't know whether you have. I was, I was actually thinking, interestingly, I've got um, two clients that are doing some cool stuff at the moment. I was thinking about this during the week, so I was going to do a social media thing about it, but I thought I might as well just chat about it at the end of the podcast. Um, one is, well, one's a client, one's not, and I won't say who is and who isn't, but I'm just going to say what they're doing. Um, so there's the, and I hope I'm saying this right, but it's the low FODMAP meal delivery service that is now available in Brisbane. Ah, um, cool. So for all of our like clients that are doing low FODMAPs or even just people listening that have got IBS and are working with FODMAP diets and stuff, there is now a um, and I think I'm saying it's right. It's called Gutrition or Gutrition is the way it's kind of, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how it's meant to be said. So, but it's just G-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-N, I think, but it's on Instagram. Just, I'm sure when she does the show notes, I'm just giving her more work to do. It down, <laughs> yeah. Can like, can just like do a little, um, like tag it. So if anyone is interested, but that it is designed, um, for someone who has done the low FODMAP diet with us and just knows how annoying and painful that can be sometimes. So this is just, it's kind of like HelloFresh, but for FODMAPs, which I think is really cool. Fresh food. Super handy. There's a lot of services offering a bit of low FODMAP, but this is next level. Like you kind of go on and you put the filters on for low FODMAP and it gives you three meals. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you're going to eat. Whereas this is a pure, like, HelloFresh version almost of low FODMAP, which I think is really cool. So if you're on a low FODMAP diet and you just don't want to think about it, this is all being put together. So this is this is really cool. Um, and then I have another client who I'm going to have to give her name away, but I don't think she'll mind. Because <laughs> I did mention this to her if I was to put it up on social media. She has put together an awesome, awesome acne blog online. Oh. Um She's a physio um, and she has had an epic skin journey over 10 years. She's really, really, really switched on. She has been a pleasure to work with. Um, And it's called, um, just let me check this quickly um, on Instagram. Um, But just let me make sure I say it right. Um, But all of her, um, her, her website is really well put together. She's got some really good resources for people suffering with acne um she's not trying to be a practitioner and work with anyone she's just talking about her skin health journey and 
the amount of shit she kind of, I think, had to weed through to find out what she really needed to do with her skin and her gut and her hormones. And I'm not taking any credit for her skin because she's done all the work herself. I've just helped her do some extra gut work at the end. She has spent 10 years working on her health um, and she's done some really amazing work. Her um, Instagram handle is it's Monique Took. So Took, T-O-O-K. Um, but she does have a website um, that has just got some beautiful resources on it. She has based everything off research. Like she's gone and she's read the article. So she's not just someone happy tappy just posting stuff with really no educational background behind it because obviously I wouldn't be talking about it on here if it wasn't that. Um, but, yeah, so just I wanted to give her a little shout-out because I did have a look at that and it's an amazing resource for people who are just trying to get into the skin space and just kind of want to know where to start and where not to go. <laughs> so, that's a Yeah, that's a goodie. That's a real goodie. Yeah. Actually, you, so just, anyway. you just reminded me of something I'd been meaning to let people know about. Um, I'm just trying to find it because I was going to talk about a TV show as <laughs> usual, which I'll still quickly mention, but I, I've got a client um, who's been to see my, she's actually a dear friend of mine, but she has a holistic hair salon and she's based more up the Sunshine Coast. It's only like an hour, I think maybe even under an hour drive from Brisbane called Melissa Organic Hairstylist. So she, she's been in the industry forever, but she has changed up what she offers over the last couple of years to make sure she is like a hundred percent chemical free organic so cool. driven heavily by her own health issues that she's had and making transitions for herself so she's not exposing herself to all of the chemicals in that industry but also offering that for her clients um, who you know there's so many people out there who actually avoid getting their hair done and having colors and all sorts of things because they can't handle chemicals so Mm. she's really building up um, a really beautiful clientele on the sunshine coast she works from home she's got like a little space there Um, she's such an amazing person and when you go like she'll make you little cookies um, like handmade cookies which will all be like gf and df and make you all of the beautiful teas and she also gives the best ha- um, scalp massages you will have oh in my your God, entire scalp massages. life. Like I'm not exaggerating. So <laughs> if I could just have a scalp massage like a couple of times a week, I'd probably give up orgasms almost. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. They are amazing. I'm like almost. I don't know yet because I think like, but I'm just like whenever I get a good scalp massage, I'm like, what is better? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's this whole whole embodying experience a good scalp massage (laughs) yeah she's just amazing so i'll tag her and if you're looking for a hairdresser and you're in brisbane she's where i used to drive she used to be in mulaney i used to drive up and get my hair done there all the time um but i've got a client who drives from the gold coast to there she used to be in brisbane and now she's moved to gold coast and she drives from the gold coast up to see mel still so yeah she's she's next level um but yeah. I'm just gonna add on. I'm gonna add on the skin, the hair note, just for anyone who is listening to that, who is naturally gets a lot of blonde highlights put through their hair, or uh-huh. and is really terrified of going into the organic space purely for the fact that you won't achieve the same blonde. Um, I'm just gonna poo-poo that straight away because my hairdresser has switched over to organic stuff as well. She hasn't gone as organic as what um, your Mel is yeah, doing. Mel. Yeah, um, but 
we did that with my hair last time and I was really like kind of terrified because I'm like my hair's got so much red pigment through it so I really I've always just been like I can't get away from bleach and all the stuff like that they the shit that they do use honestly I've never been happier with my hair when she used organic products and I know your hair always looks fucking amazing so ah thanks well she's not doing it but do you know what I mean like I think there's a lot of people get really terrified with blonde especially yeah, because a lot of us do so get true. blonde put in they're like, I don't want to go to organic because it's just not going to achieve the yeah. same blonde and you can't, but it honestly, it, it the technology with organic hair care has evolved so much over yeah. the last few years that you can achieve the absolute same color, if not better, mm. without all the shit. Yeah. Well, I'm going to leave my TV show because we need to wrap it up. I, yeah, we do. We're supposed to have a meeting at midday. It's 12.36 and I keep emailing <laughs> Sam every 10 minutes going, another 10 minutes, just another 10 minutes. So we better go. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us. And if you've been with us from the start, like, thank you. thank you. Big love, big hugs. It means the yeah. world. And you know what? If you have been with us for a long time and you've listened to this, we'd love to hear from you. Again, if you can share in your socials and tell us, let it just give us all the warm fuzzies. Um, leave us a review. Maybe take the time to leave us a review for the 100th episode. That'd be swell. But um, swell. thanks, Emil. Love you guys. And we'll chat to you next time. All right, chat to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>